What do you say, Matthew? I'm saying you have a very loud laugh. <laughs> That's how my wife finds me in a mall. Sad. I'm Gordon McGlattery. I'm Matthew Martinson. I'm Michael Dobson. This is Beards, Cats, and Indie Game Audio. Welcome to it. So, thank you, our guest this today, <laughs> Michael. Thanks for having me on here. This is awesome. Uh, um, I'm 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 so incredibly flattered that I'm apparently your first voice actor guy on, yes. the, on the show. So that's kind of cool. So thanks tell for us, thinking of me. Tell us a little bit about yourself for the fine listeners who don't. <laughs> uh, I started off in theater, and then um, I did that for several years. Wrote my own show, and I started off in, in Ontario. And um, obviously did a lot of theater training and everything out there. And, and then I actually taught uh, grade seven and eight uh, theater class for a while. Yep. And then I did children's theater for a while, which was a lot of fun. And then I came out to BC. I did theater in Victoria. And after a number of years being with the uh, Corner Story Theater Company there, we did a bunch of, we did a, like an improv show, which was a blast. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was fun. And Mark Laren Young, who's who's a Canadian writer mm -hmm. and political satiric, satirist, is that right? Sure. Yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> uh, anyway, he's done really, really well with his career. And he was one of the writers on the show. And, and we did we, we did this uh, like soap opera every Friday night, which was just a blast. And it was cool because none of us knew what the arc of the story was going to be that night. That's awesome. And so we'd go in, and we had no idea either. Yeah. And right before you went out on stage, the actors would be doing their stuff, and you'd be handed this envelope, and you'd read it, and none of the other cast that was oh, in the show would know what you were going to come out and do either. Yeah. <laughs> so, so was, And then we had like a news show in the middle to break things up, and then we'd go back to the thing, and then it was the story would continue on week after week, so we did that, and that was a lot of fun. And then the film industry started picking up in Vancouver, yep. and I wanted a piece of that. So the place to be was Vancouver, so I moved to Vancouver. And then uh, I ended up uh, meeting Scott Mignol, who ended up being a good buddy through theater, actually. Mm -hmm. And uh, he told me about this voiceover stuff. And uh, I ended up auditioning for a bunch of stuff. ended up getting Leonardo and the Ninja Turtles, and then uh, Sergeant Savage and G.I. Joe. And, and then I just made this crazy deal with the universe where it just went... I am an actor now. I'm doing this full time. <laughs> I quit all my other jobs. So all the bartending jobs and all the other stuff that I was, had to just sustain myself before, yeah. I chucked them out and I said, okay, this is it. I'm you know, making my living as an actor. And thank goodness, man. I, like, hopefully I, you know, that doesn't change any tips. <laughs> Should I find a piece of wood or something to knock? There, right, right here somewhere. That's related. It's cardboard. So, so I've been working ever since, I think like since 94. Yeah. So I've been, I, I did a lot of, uh, on camera stuff, I did X Files and all the usual stuff that came into town, and, mm -hmm. and uh, had a lot of fun with that. And then, of course, as we know, production kind of went away for a while. Yeah. And uh, sadly, things kind of were a little rocky for a while. But luckily, the voiceover industry kept going. Mm -hmm. And my wife and I started a family, and it seemed like it was like a normal job. Like it was kind of like nine to six, Monday to Friday. And I went, well, I think this is a sign, man. <laughs> this is meant to be. Yeah. I, I can I can spend time with my kids and I can still be an actor. That's very cool. Yeah. So so then I just went. That's it. I'm putting all my energy into that, and yeah. I've been really fortunate. So to say that I'm I'm doing it full time, which is cool. Great. Yeah. Other than the clay games, because we use you all the time. Yeah, they're fun, man. Uh, what are some other games that you've done voices for? One of, one of the first ones I started out with was the Need for Speed franchise. Yep. And they were crazy because, as you guys know, in the gaming industry, it's like. People don't think this stuff through. Like, no, I'm not saying to people in the gaming industry. I'm talking about the people when they play the games, like how much work goes into this stuff. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you've got all the different cars. Then you've got all the different colors that each one of those cars comes in. Mm -hmm. Then you've got all the speeds and all the locations. Yeah. 
And you have to deliver those lines in a succinct manner so that they can be stitched. through algorithms can be like, yeah, yeah, it can be stitched together, right? So yeah. you got to like, the yellow Ferrari just went by at 160 miles per hour. And then you go, this one was, and, you, and it's literally thousands of lines. Like you're creating this huge library. Yeah. So that, you know. It's a real the, endurance test. The gaming industry, and it's funny because I've taught some workshops about it. And I've, yeah. and I've said to a lot of voiceover people, it's a different animal for that reason. Exactly what Gord just said. It was, it's like, like, um, your level of focus, not that yeah. you can't be focused when you're doing other stuff, yeah. <laughs> but your level of focus when you're, when you're doing a game, you got to be on it, man. Yeah. And you have to be able to give three very um, different reads for, e for each lines, give an ABC on each one yeah. so, so, that, uh, so that you guys have a choice. And so that sometimes maybe what's happening in the game, same line, but maybe the inference is just a little different. Yeah. So, so you guys have some choices to work with. So, and you've got to keep that level of energy up all the way through. You can't, yeah, you can't, you can't start waning or have voices change any stuff. Like, like, no, no, bad, bad. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. It's I exhausting remember, on both sides too. I yeah, yeah. Was, well, obviously more for you guys, but it's hard to stay. Um, it's hard to keep your frame of reference. I was just going to say. Just doing it yesterday, yesterday we had a five hour recording session wow. with nothing but efforts for two actors. Oh. Well, for two weird. actors for yeah. this game but, you know, and very short lines you know like two word lines and by the end it's kind of it's kind of like uh i don't know what's good anymore yeah, it's hard <laughs> because, because to try and be an objective after a while because after it, yeah. it's it's like if you say a, a line over and over and over again after a while yeah. it starts to sound like swahili like, yeah yeah sound totally like talking english anymore yeah. yeah yeah i remember um i worked on nhl we did oh, cool. announcers, right? Yeah. Kind of similar to the cop stuff in Need for Speed. Yeah, I played, and, so, I played cops in that too. And, and yeah. the, the, when he was doing player names and he's going to read like several hundred player names in two hours and the intensity is up high. Oh, yeah. All of them. Yeah. It's it was like it's ridiculous. Like a scoring a goal line. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. And it was like, whoever shoots, whoever shoots, whoever. And you're just like, like you're a machine. How are you yeah. doing this? It's Sometimes you leave and you feel like the front of your brain is actually kind of splattered in the inside of your skull. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a little man with a gun inside your head. <laughs> just blew the front lobe of your brain off. That's what it feels like. Sometimes you just feel like going, my brain is broken. They broke my brain. It hurts. No, so I, I think um, Godfather was another title. I, I oh, did. Yeah? Um, uh, driver, uh, San Francisco. Mm -hmm. uh, that was fun. I played Jericho, the, the the bad dude in that. And that was fun. That was my first um, doing mocap in a game. Oh, oh yeah. cool. Yeah, so that was really cool. And it was, it was. I don't know if it was this exact same gear, but it was the same, like, um, what do you call it, designed after. But after they did Avatar, we were using the same technology. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess I can't, can't necessarily yeah. the same gear. But. And so that was really cool because there was – three digital cameras static on the floor that were actually shooting it like a movie. Mm -hmm. And then the usual like 36 infrared camera, like infrared camera array that's on in the big studio. Yeah. yeah. Catching all the points of reference as you're working in, in your mocap suit. the fun suit. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that, that was, that was cool. That was <laughs> I so really, fun. I really like how the mocap stuff turns out still. Yeah. I know, Animators, a lot of the time, they're like, ah, we have to fix it all anyways. Mm. But it does seem to capture, like, a naturalness. And and I'm still, like, I'm still huge on L.A. Noir being... Oh, yeah. Looking, looking so good. That looks amazing. Because, the, it like, it looks really natural. Yeah. And, like, yeah. even now on the newer stuff, you can tell when it's not mocap yeah. and it's looking a bit stilted. It's need the move to capture voice at the same time 
as yeah. that. Totally. That's that's totally. And the, yeah, because before we used to have to do the voice with the facial motion capture separate. Yeah. yeah. And so you start from that neutral position. Yeah. And then you you do, you do like your trigger points or whatever they call it, and then and then you then you start, and then when you finish as an actor, it's, you, you kind of feel like, weird because it's like head acting. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. head acting now. It's yeah. like yeah. it's just a perfect recipe for Uncanny Valley. Well, I hate to say it, but you kind of end up with sort of like the Jeff Bridges Tron thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, Need no, not Need for Speed, NA, NBA Street. Oh right. They did a. Um, they didn't have to motion capture, but I think they were one of the first games where they went down to LA, found a bunch of people like playing real street basketball and wired them up for sound and recorded wow. like real intensely natural like smack talk. Yeah. yeah. You know, and like in that case they didn't need the motion capture to go with it cuz you couldn't see the faces, right. you know. When when so, you were doing uh, the mocap stuff, did they have people running around with booms as well or or were you just like laved up? I'm trying to think actually. That's a good question. Cuz I think with LA Noir they had they actually boomed it, mm-hmm. so it really I makes it we, cinematic. Yeah, I think we may. I think if I remember correctly, I think it was boomed. Cool, because I, I don't remember being wired in my suit, like you know, like yeah. like getting mic'd or anything. So. That'd be a fun boom job, boom up job. I've done that. That yeah. is the one time I did a boom up. Was no on frame a cartoon about. that was doing this. They were like motion capturing and then turning into a cartoon, and they were doing it all on the spot. It was really neat. They had all the rigs set up so that the director could like watch how it was going to look when the product was done. Cool. Like oh, wow. they were rendering it as they went. And so he could watch the scene like and not just guys. What, it was kind of like when we did Godfather because we did mocap for that as well. Yeah. And and I remember it was amazing because it was like that control tower that was like, you know, it was like mission control and all the computers were on this massive yeah. line. And, and all the animators were receiving the data off the floor. And you you seen all the wire figures and everything like the you know the genesis of everything. Yeah. And then as you go from monitor to monitor, it's kind of like this person's doing this, and then it gets passed over to this person. This person's doing this, and it was just phenomenal. But it's it's kind of like what you're saying. And it they're was, all just it's like this sweating. production line, yeah, yeah, of just animating. Yeah. And I remember talking to one of the producers, and it was, this was I I thought was extremely interesting was because I know when you guys design games and you're creating product. Um, a lot of times, you're not quite sure. Like particularly if you're working with a console, um, which was the case for Godfather, was um, they had no idea what the specs of the console was going to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what it could render. So of course you always go, you go bigger. Yeah. You go above. You render like super high res, and then you can always pull it back. I guess. And that's yeah. It. yeah. And I was and I was talking to the producer, and I said, "Well, how's how's that going to work?" And he said, "Well, we got lots of little tricks." And I, and, I, and I was like, "Like how?" He goes, "He said, look at this scene, and there's a." You know, Don Corleone was where he gets shot in the street, and he's got this bag of oranges, right? And mm-hmm. and he and his death scene, he, he he falls, and and the the bag of oranges come tumbling out into the street. And he said, he said we can. He said w- the last thing to go, of course, would be the actual characters, and hopefully, like the land, you know, the background and stuff. He said, but he said we we can we can save on data. By like, you know, we may have 11 oranges fall out of the bag. And he says, we'll just pick on the oranges. So we'll have like maybe four or five fall out instead. Right, right. He said, this way, that, that, that way, you know, it's it's less work for the console to render the thing. But we can totally. still, still keep everything looking pretty good. Mm-hmm, and he yeah. said, and those are the kind of things that they employ, like little tricks you guys do, I guess, to be able to muck about with. How you know if something's going to? It's a lot of sound tricks. So if it came down to the to the worst, they could just have the sound of the oranges. 
<laughs> and true. no oranges just at all. Just tight on Don Coleon and yeah. not even see them. Yeah, yeah just hear yeah. the part. Just yeah. 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 So, um, kind of related to mocapping and getting stuff as it's naturally happening. Yeah. If you can't do that, you're working in a studio. Yeah. Such as this, you're right. in a booth. What can what can people do to help like you as an actor feel more natural? Like, how can we? Like encourage huh? that sort of like, what helps you get into character and like be in the moment and. Well, that's a good. That's a really good question. I'm, I'm glad you asked it because one of one of the key things that we love to be able to see is like the the more artwork that you can that you know with the character, yeah. like show us all the various things that the that the that the character is doing. You know all the various action shots, um, what they're looking when they're kind of contemplative, and and just being able to see just the physiology, like the, the you know where their energy sits. Mm -hmm. You know, that's those are those are great cues because right away, like if they're really jolly, for example, or if mm -hmm. they're if they're if they happen to be really tall and thin or they're stout or super muscular, like what what body language you your animators have, have given these individuals. Yeah. And even just like the facial expression. Mm -hmm. Like the facial you know, it's in the eyes and all the other and it, and it's amazing because the artistry that goes into games now is just phenomenal. Like I'm always blown away when I when I see like the, you know, the creativity yeah, you know that that goes into creating these games, and, and you look at it, and you just go, "Wow, man, it's just mind blowing!" Like such talented people, it's cool. And but I mean, that is a huge asset yeah. to be able to figure out like how this person sounds. Mm -hmm. And then of course, um, anything that um, you know with regard to when you, when you come in into the studio, like you guys always make me feel comfortable when I come here, and it's always mm -hmm. great to be able to meet everybody. And you know if. The, that kind of organic approach versus clinical is always a huge asset too, because being creative, if you, if you feel like you, I always call it digital acting, <laughs> right. when I'm in a different environment, it's like, oh, okay, this is going to be a digital acting thing where I just need to just go, 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 go. And just like almost it, it does kind of takes that human element out of it where you just yeah. realize that it's just rapid fire and get the lines out. And and just do it, and then like, and would that would that happen like when you're under what a tight tight timeline, or when you're given limited information, or well, so, sometimes you just feel it out. It's it's it's. I, I think um, it it's funny because I think what really helps is if you've got people on the front line that are working with the actors that are people people. You yeah. know what I mean? That yeah. that that that. Whereas some sometimes you can meet people that are very business oriented, and and it's kind of you can feel right away there's a certain awkwardness. Right. Like, so, like, like it, it's like actors being in a room with producers. A lot of times, producers You're, like in the film industry. Yeah, it's like it's like keep the actors away from me, please. Don't let them touch me. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like it's like they they kind of like happy when you're on the other side of the camera or wherever you need right, to be. Right, right, right. But just like like just you know just yeah. Just, you're you're my one o'clock appointment, and I have a two o'clock appointment. Yeah, they're that's... not quite. Sure. Yeah, just that, some because actors can tend to be you know where. You, you know, because they're even very artistic that way, and things like. That. And a lot of times, we tend to be like very touchy feely, you know, like yep. hugs and handshakes and all that kind of stuff. And some yeah. people like, don't kind of really respond well to that kind of stuff. They kind of like, <laughs> so, so I, I think that when that approach, though, when when an actor feels like they can be at ease that way, and people kind of get the process, I think that's the big thing. It's it's like understanding that it is a creative process, yeah. and the more that anybody can, can cater to that. Um, you're gonna get a lot more out of out of your performer. 
Yeah. If 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 you can put them at ease and actually be able to talk the language too, where, yeah. Where you can sit there and talk about the character in a sense where it said, you know, the, yeah, this person here he never was this or he was never was that or blah 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 blah. This is the relationship between this character and the other characters and things like all that stuff helps build a picture so that so that you can create like actually give this character a soul so it's a living breathing person mm -hmm. so it has a lot more depth to it so that when you when you're particularly you're going to get a lot more color with your character given all the different scenarios and situations that that you may write into the game you um an actor is going to be able to pull stuff out of, out of a hat sometimes that surprises everybody and sometimes even the performer you know right. you, you're working and you go oh wow yeah, yeah and I thought about it but that all makes sense with the background that you gave me on this particular person. So I think you, you get a lot more richness and depth to a character if you're able to facilitate those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always think it's important. Like we we hire an actor because they're a good actor and that's their job. It's the same way we would hire an animator because they were a great animator. Yeah. We leave them to do their job. So that, it's like I, I always like to, you know, we bring in good actors. We've we get who we think is going to fit a character and go, here's the character. Here's what they look like. Give them all the stuff you're asking for and then go, okay, go for it. Yeah. And and, that's, and that's... let them inject into it what they bring to the table yeah. and like let them help create that character. You're hiring. Yeah, you exactly. Know. That's something that I like, especially now that I've been doing more outsourcing and stuff with, with sound effects mm -hmm. is being like, okay, don't have like I have something in mind, but I can't expect it to come back to exactly what I want. Mm -hmm. And I have to let the people doing the work uh, personalize it a little well, bit. Well, I think for you, from your guys' perspective too, what I've learned as well is, is sometimes like, you know, sometimes a, a project can be in development for so long yeah. that some, sometimes it's really hard to see the forest for the trees anymore when it comes to oh, actual yeah. like specifics to a character because they've they've changed so many different times. Right. Um, people come up with different ideas and things like that. So it's funny because I say that to actors when they're going in, I say, always say to them, remember you're the creative. Mm -hmm. Like when, when you guys come in, it's expected that it, it like they're looking at you. Like the, I always say to them, the worst thing you can say when you walk into a room and you audition is like, how do you see this character? Because I, I, I said, they may not know. And they're not going to be want to be placed in a position where they go, I don't know. You know how many times this character changed? I don't know how to describe it. To you. So, so I always say to them, it's like the best thing that you can do is when you walk in and when somebody says, do you have any questions? It's just say, I, I came up, I had a bunch of ideas when I looked at the information that you gave me. How about I throw some stuff at you and see where we yeah. go? And, and I always find that that process works because even if it's really far out there, yeah. The worst you get is like, oh, that's really interesting, but how about we were thinking like go in this direction? Yeah. But I completely agree with what you guys are saying because um, it, I, it, not, I completely agree. What I'm trying to say is, I guess, is, is that, yes, I, I think that you're going to get a lot more if you allow the actor to come in and yeah. allow them to get like to come up with some ideas and throw some stuff. Because sometimes there's an angle that maybe people haven't really thought of yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it might be something that they throw in and go, hey, you know what? Because I found that hap has happened quite often in my career. Mm -hmm. When I thrown something in and people have gone, I haven't really actually thought about it that way, but that's kind of cool. But that's really great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it happened with me one time at EA, and yeah. um, the sound audio engineer was just goofing around with some effect stuff. And I had no idea who was on the other side of the glass because it was kind of tinted and I couldn't see inside there. I just knew Eric was in there, my buddy who used to work at another studio. Mm -hmm. And he was messing around with some stuff. So I started doing this whole thing where I spoke like this. And I just started going, because it sounded really cool with this plug in here. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's all this quiet. 
Like there was just a, a complete silence. And all of a sudden I heard, not Eric's voice, somebody else go, uh, could you do that again, please? <laughs> and I was like, sure. So I just started making it. The next minute I said, Mike, uh, could you come in the booth? So I come in the booth. It's filled with all these guys from Marvel. They're all up for like oh, all, really? the, all these cool. studio guys from LA. Yeah. And I had no idea. And and they're like, dude, this is really cool. We got this character. And, and this was from Marvel Nemesis. Yeah. And this was uh, Dr. Niles Van Rokel. Who was like in the story? He's this alien who who's bitter and seeking revenge on Earth, and come come back and created all these hybrids, super beings, right? And so, um, so anyway, he was a central character, but they had no idea really like what to do with him or how to fit him into the game and like as a character. Yeah. And apparently, what I was doing sounded kind of ethereal, mm-hmm. sounded. Sounded very sort of alien-like. And so anyway, so what they had me do was they showed me this art book, which is this new artist from um, Europe that they discovered who was, they, they figured was going to be like the next Geiger. This guy was huge in Europe with the stuff he was creating. And he was doing all the character designs for them. And they were just epic. This book was huge. And the, the renderings were just gorgeous. And, cool. and uh, it was really cool. And so they said, we don't have anything for you to read. And they just went, Give him the book. So they gave me the book, and he said, "Look at the characters, and just like as Niles Van Rokel talk about your creations." So I just ad libbed. I went, yeah. I went back in the studio, had this thing was going through, and then I didn't hear from them for about, I guess, close to like five months. And I, oh wow, you yeah, know, yeah. I guess that was a pitch that didn't go anywhere. And then they called me back, and it turned out I, that's when they came clean and said, "Dude, we didn't have any script written for this guy or anything." Like right. when you guys when you came up with this voice, all of a sudden we realized what we could. Do what we could do with this guy. They wrote a whole script around it. And he ended up being a central yeah. character in the game, rewrote everything. And so I got this cool part in the game and Niles Van Rokel became... <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, that I was, mean, like, uh, sometimes you just never know, right? Yeah. There's a funny thing about how small this industry is. I worked on the PSP version of that game. Oh, did you really? <laughs> yeah. No way. Yeah. That's awesome. I was also Johnny Ohm in that one, too. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but, I mean... Niles Van Rokel might not have may have said very little of anything or of nothing at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If they hadn't let you stretch, and I have to thank Eric though, because if he hadn't given me that cool plugin, I probably yeah. would have. I would have just not. Pretty ballsy of him to just be throwing plugins on stuff <laughs> with a bunch of Marvel producers in the room for <laughs> little to no reason. Well, maybe it was there from a premium. I don't know. He yeah, just yeah. had it there, but but it was fun. I was just mucking about with it, and I guess maybe what happened was they were going, "Hey, hey just let him go." Just right, so, right. And, and wheels were turning, right, but. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. That's what I find is the best relationship. I know we've been talking about this for a while. I don't mean to. But whenever you're allowed to kind of work with people on the other side of the glass, almost like coworkers. Yeah. Where yeah. You, where you feel like you're like you're able to like get jazzed over, uh, like play off one another and come up with ideas and throw stuff out there. I think that's always the ideal situation because it was, uh, I, it's so much fun to yeah. be able to have that. To, to work with people who allow you to do stuff like that. The whole process is a collaboration. Like yeah. a game, nobody can make, well, there's a few people that can make a game unto themselves. But most of us, it takes a team of people. And we're all working together to create this thing. And, the, and that's the way it's always I will, yeah. I will wager to say that yeah. there is no one game in existence yeah. made by one person that also has good voiceover. <laughs> I'll say that with pretty strict. I was, confidence. I was like, I can, I can. No, no, okay, I probably agree no, with that. I can think <laughs> of, I can think of a lot of good one-person games. Yeah, but not with voiceover. <laughs> it's too hard. I think. Well, we always want to throw throw a couple bones out to the people that are trying to get into the industry. Um, I know some aspiring voice actors, and man, it seems hard. 
I want to know what like your survey of the current voiceover I do. scene and, is. And, and, and I think um, one of the biggest misconceptions, I think, um, which trips a lot of people is is that sometimes people forget that the first thing that has to come into play is the acting. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be an actor first. And I think theater is probably the best background that you can come from. I think even for film, anything that you decide to do, just because theater training prepares you for everything. Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, really, it, um, if anything, it kind of over prepares you in a sense, because when you're on stage, props can fail, people yep. can forget lines, all these things can happen. And you need to be able to think fast and, and improvise, right? And, yeah. and, and a lot of people don't have that, that yeah. improv skill. Yeah, and a lot of times, sometimes you know, like when we've worked together. Even yeah. you guys, you know, you, I find it happens a lot in games. It's it's like you go through all the dialogue, and it's like, uh, can you just make three more of those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or, or we've like, only written seven. Yeah, um, yeah. Or like some cool attack lines, or yeah. you know, or, or you know, this is kind of what he's supposed to say. Can you just say some more of those sorts stuff of things? Up. Yeah. yeah. And and it's cool when you can ad lib, you know, and, and and just pull stuff out of the ether and 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 uh, and just be creative on the spot. Mm -hmm. And yeah, because when people do that to me, when we're doing like cheap <laughs> engineer voiceover, <laughs> and people are like, make some stuff up, it's like, uh, <laughs> that's what, yeah. can you give me a couple days <laughs> to you write some of stuff days? down? And the, and the other thing is too, it's like a lot of, I mean, as we all know too, especially these days, because you can't be too careful with your, with your creative material. Yeah. You know, NDAs are key mm -hmm. and, and, and it's very much of the norm now that material is just not released to you. Mm -hmm. So you won't even get to see the script until you show up and that's your record date. Right. That you come in. And so you've seen the, seen the record, you know, the dialogue for the very, very first time. So yeah. again, acting chops are key. You need to be, trained and you need to be able to know what you're doing to be able to look at it and be able to give people viable choices. Yeah. And so I would say um, that's the key thing is, is definitely get acting training. That's that's key. Anything that you can do to put yourself up in front of people and be put in a situation where the likelihood of failure is huge <laughs> <laughs> and you're still willing to do it anyway, that's perfect scenario. That's what you yeah. need to do is baptism by fire is the best. And, and, and you know, it, it just – that's the key thing. It's because I always say to people, people say, well, how many voices do you have? And I say, well, really, it's got nothing to do with voices. Yeah. Because it's characters. It's, it's, it's individuals that I'm creating. So, so again, like it gets so back it's, to like. It's limitless. So it's, it's limitless. Really. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah. there may be several characters that sound very similar, but they're completely different in the way. Mm -hmm. that, I always like to call them drivers. You know, it's, it's like their key set of drivers are different. Right. So one might be really sarcastic, the other one might be really more somewhat affable, you know, mm -hmm. um, and and so on. So there's all these different shadings that you give to each character that definitely make them completely different people, mm -hmm. but they may sound similar. Yeah. But of course, then you have all that other skill set to play with too. Where you have dialects and accents, and then you have you know vocal vocal um, range with regard to you know whether it's really uh, up in the higher range or if it's really baritone, yeah. um, you know, moving, moving the sound around, like getting to know where the resonators are and, and getting move, moving sounds around so that, so that you can be sort of from, from the diaphragm or from the chest, or if it's war in the back of the throat or like somebody like, you know, um, is it Owen Wilson tossed it before over his mouth. Was... <laughs> but he, he always purses his lips when he, <laughs> but it's true though. Like when you watch him, he, he's always like, yeah. 
He's, he's in front of his mouth. It's like it's amazing because he, he delivers all this dialogue like in the front of his mouth when he yeah. when he talks. And and it's interesting because over time, when you do the, work in this particular arena, those are the kind of things that you, that you work on. You you watch and and when and you workshop stuff like that, and you realize that you get different characters by shifting things like that around. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are really nasally. Some people, they talk like they're really sparkly in the eyes when they talk to you. Yeah. yeah. Some of you are like through the top of the head. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's all these different ways of shifting your energy and you become a different person. Yeah. yeah. And, well, and I, I think that's I interesting. I only have one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got one. I have a guard. I've got, that's oh, yeah, it. That's my one He's a very good voice. guard, though. He's a very good Canadian guard. Very good and Canadian guard. I haven't yeah. learned to stretch past that. I, I know... I know my limitations. I know my <laughs> my my wheelhouse is guard. Yeah. My wheelhouse hey. is guard. That's awesome. Um, what is that over there? <laughs> There's the guard. That's it. That's all I got. That's, it's good though. <laughs> I feel a lot like a lot of people also put like how much. So it sounds like you don't put as much weight on actual like physiology and range of like what pitches you can your body can create because that's something that I I've felt like with people I know might be an almost impossible thing to overcome, but is that the case or not? Um, like, if you just can't no, do a deep you, voice. You well, well, you know, the, and that's the thing, is, is you shouldn't get caught on that stuff because you're completely right. Is that there's some people that actually have just, like, basically kind of one voice. Yeah. But it's, it happens to be one of those voices that they use all the time. Yeah. It's like the perfect superhero voice. Right. Or it's the perfect villain voice, you know, and things like that. So, so I mean. Or the perfect guard. Yeah, and, and, and the perfect guard. <laughs> but, but, it, but, but it's the truth of it. It's like some, I know like, um, and I don't, I'm not blaming all the onus on agents. Mm-hmm. But, but I think like agents can make actors feel like when they go in there, it's like, because obviously they would love somebody who could do everything, right? It could yeah. do like little kid voices all the way through to like the deep throaty villains and stuff like that. But the reality is, is that that's an anomaly. There's very few people who can do that. Right. Um, the, the majority of people have their niche. Yeah. And, and like for, for me, I got, to be honest, it's, it's like, um, certain really over the top, uh, cartoony characters I can, I can, I can mess around with. Um, but the, but I know that there's a lot of other people out there that that's their forte. And they, 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 you know, they can do all the Looney Tunes, Animaniac kind of stuff and everything. I get hired mainly for like stuff like X Men and Iron Man and Batman and stuff like that. Like I, I get a lot of superheroes or super villains. Those are the kind of shows that I get hired for, or or like in the, in the cartoony stuff, you know, like to sound like you know Scar from from Lion King and stuff like. <laughs> yeah. I, I because I grew up in England, so I can do the English villains quite well yeah. and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I always, but I, I say to people, if you study the character, then the voice is the last thing to fall into place. The voice comes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so, so it's like concentrate on all that other stuff. And as you shift everything around and you take on the energy of that character, then that voice just comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I think a good practice for, for a lot of voice people is not that you want to be an impersonator, Yeah. but, but it trains your ear to listen for various things. And it also... It also helps you figure out how this voice mechanism works, where to find the notes, right? Mm-hmm. But if you, if you take an impersonation, which is somewhere in around your range or maybe just sits slightly outside of it, and then just work on it, work on it until you nail it. Yeah. But in the but in that journey of trying to nail it, you might find you're five educating, other characters. Yeah, and you're educating yourself on like how to use everything yeah. so that you can create that sound. And then all of a sudden you realize that there's all these other things like cadence that come into it too, right? How much, how much pressure is actually be, like if the person's really forceful when they talk or, mm-hmm. you know, like Samuel, like we were talking about really sort of lazy, you know, back of the throat kind of thing. <laughs> 
I realize that so when he talks, he cowboy just walked into the room. <laughs> I know, but I when I I mess around. I'm not saying that I could do a really good Sammy Lee, but I, but in trying to do his voice, yeah, I I realize that that his whole energy is just is just very sort of. You don't even try to talk very loud when he talks to people, and <laughs> it just kind of just kind of mumbles <laughs> it out. And, you know, he's just very sort of laid back guy. It's interesting how. How that kind of stuff, like the the energy level changes, kind of like your delivery and how things are perceived and stuff. Like, yeah. um, I've been noticing lately. Uh, I got back into wrestling. Oh, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to admit that. I mean, just right. and just looking at how wrestlers do their promos. Oh yeah. And there's yeah. some like they're like the big guys are like so over the top and yelling, and then there's some of the scariest kind of guys are that they're like slow Still, and methodical, yeah. and I don't need to like yell to tell you that I'm gonna get you. And it's like that change in delivery, and, like, and that you, is a scarier villain than yeah. the guy that's shouting at you. Yeah, yeah. It's and true. how does that all that sort of stuff can like change like that that energy how you can move the energy around and kind of let it out in different ways and it becomes something yes. else like that yes very quiet and deliberate yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know those are the ones that you always go okay that's creepy yeah <laughs> it's true uh yeah. all right let's go to oh uh, wait wait no, just one thing oh, i just yeah. want to say though was it was it was the thing is it's like do people wanting to get in it's, it's, it's like back to the actual question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. It's, it's like people there. There is this whole th thing that's out there where people go, "Oh, I've tried and it's difficult and it's impossible and stuff like that." It, it's not. They are looking for new people, but the key factor is is that acting is key. Mm -hmm. And and so I, th I think what 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 we see a lot of is a lot of people trying to get in that don't have little to no acting experience, but lots of voices. Yes. Yeah. And, and and unfortunately, even though it's called voice acting, it's it's really got nothing to do with voices. Yeah, which is, the which acting is the should be first. The acting has to be first. Yeah, yeah. foremost that beyond it, because you have less to work with. You don't yeah. have any props. You don't have any sets. You don't have like all the things that usually help people get into character. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of people forget that when you're in front of this. Yeah, is is that he's pointing at the microphone? I'm pointing at the microphone. <laughs> like when you're in front of is is like everything else should be there. It's like when you watch voice actors work, all the gestures, the facial expressions mm -hmm. would be – everything would be the same as if they had an audience sitting there watching the performance. Yeah. It's that level of it. I always say like if you're doing it right, you're going to be exhausted by the, at the end of your right. session right. because it's a huge amount of energy to – and that doesn't mean yelling. That just means just like it's it's like you're, you're funneling your soul down yeah. the microphone. It's like because a lot of people forget too that – the stuff that's not on the page, you need to put in there too. And that comes from acting chops too. Yeah. It's like, you know, you have a line. It might be like, ah, the crystal of Abobatha or whatever. So, you know, it's like, but you, but you guys are going to animate him walking across the room and picking it up and looking at it and everything else. So yeah. you, you need to give, you need to put all that into your performance so that the animators can animate to that. Yeah. yeah. So that we can have all that wonderful picking it up and looking at it like, ah, the crystal of, and then, you know what I mean? And, and it pulls everybody in so that, that it, just with your voice, the animators can see what your character is doing. Yeah. And, and that's what we find, like when it, particularly when we do animation, um, a lot of times the animators come in and they're laying on the floor and they're sketching <laughs> you and they're taking pictures and they're videoing you while, while you're in because they want to catch all of your gestures and facial expressions right. because, because it's all going to go into the character it, you're later. you yeah. naturally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because it, because it, it all has to be there. Yeah, a lot of it too makes me think of uh, like relating it to a musician. Mm -hmm. It's like you're yeah. you're closer to being a jazz musician 
where you're like you're improving, like you're sight reading, you know, like as, as a lot of sound designers who are musicians, that's a way you can kind of relate to it. Like an actor is going to come in and sight read this. Yeah. And they're going to improv this. Like, and that's, that's what you're going to look for in a really great voice out over mm-hmm. person is like somebody who can do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's true. I, I, I like to, I like the musician uh, angle to it too, because, because as you guys know, I mean, there's some musicians which are d- technically yeah. amazing, just super professional, whether they're playing an instrument or they're singing, they can be pitch perfect, mm-hmm. but, but it doesn't mean they've got a but soul. If it's really clinical. Throw yeah. them in a jam right? space and yeah. they can't pull it up. The point being like, really is, is that for it to be any good. Yeah. You need that human element. It needs yeah. to be organic. It, need, yeah. it needs mm-hmm. to have soul. And I talk to actors about it the same way too. I always say it's um, like in those moments like in America's Got Talent or anything. I always say something like, why is it when, you know, like somebody like Paul Potts gets up in front of everybody, this disheveled looking mobile self um, sales guy, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody's snickering and laughing at the guy before, he, especially when he says he's going to sing an operatic piece. Mm-hmm. And everybody's making their little jabs and stuff, and then and you can see that he's well aware. It's almost like he could isolate the sound. In, he, he's, he, he's hearing every comment in the room, and you could just see him looking out into the crowd. And there was that look, and I would say it's like that moment, just right where he just decided, "I got nothing to lose right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just gonna throw down." And like, why is it that everybody starts to cheer up and, and get emotionally moved by something like that? And I always say it's because because. At that moment, he just decides to, like, literally, everything just falls away, and it's just, he resonates from this place of truth. Like, you know, like, he's just, it's from, call it your soul, call it whatever you want. But it is that. It's, it's, it's like, when anybody tells a story that way, whether it's through an instrument or with their voice or however, well, the voice, another instrument, but, yeah. but I mean, when you resonate, I think, in, in that way with, with, with other humans, it just hits something just deep down inside you, and you react to it. You you can't help it. You have to be you have to be soulless not to react to it. But but I I think that's it. It's, it's like you you can hear somebody who's not necessarily technically proficient mm-hmm. as a musician, but when you when you feel them through the instrument, like like they, they are emoting through it. Mm-hmm. You, you just you just uh, innately respond to it. And I think I always say to you, if you're able to to bring that to anything you do as an artist, doesn't matter what you do, mm-hmm. whatever medium that you're using. But if, if you know, a lot of times we refer to it as passion. Mm-hmm. That's another word for it, I guess. Yeah. But but when it, it it comes organically and it becomes is natural and it's 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 like from the soul, from the heart. Yeah. It's, it's truth, right? It's like when that comes through, people are just like, Oof. yeah. It's just amazing. It's just it's just catches. It's yeah. huge. Our first Twitter question okay. uh, from Christopher Green. Uh, when starting a new project, where do you pull inspiration from? Existing materials, actors, or your brain, and how you think it sounds, what you, what you hear in your head, what kind of prep work is involved? I think we covered almost all of that except for the prep work thing, maybe, already. So, uh, prep work. Yeah. What can we, what can we do to... I think I, I seriously think we've covered almost all that. Give yeah. give the give the voiceover artist as much as you can. Yeah. It's the same thing I want when I'm about to, when I'm going to start building a sound palette. It's like, mm-hmm. give me all your artwork. Give me well, I guess you might not need like an entire game design document, but but, but it couldn't hurt. No, you know. Yeah, so no. it's just provide. I would think it would be provide people with as much information as possible to build yeah. a character from. It's yeah. true. And, and you know when um not to name drop Marvel again, but <laughs> no but but I mean you guys Marvel is I mean the fan base is 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 I mean 
the the characters from the Marvel universe. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're cast in stone. You know, yeah, like, yeah I mean, and people are intimately familiar yeah, and they, with them. Yeah, and and they, they know the arguments history. over it. And, exactly. Yeah, you know, and 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 you have to you have to give your nod to that. And so, yeah. I mean, when you work on if you're going to be auditioning for an iconic character in one of their you know one of their big superheroes in in in, in uh, the series. Um, you got to do it. I mean, the stuff they send you is is massive, like pages and pages and yeah, pages yeah, yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And I mean, and you do. And I mean, and and none of that hurts. Yeah. And and it's amazing because all the backstory, you know, and some of these characters, as we all know, are like sometimes thousands, if not, you know, millions of years old. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, like, they've done a lot of stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's a lot to read. Yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, more is always better for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. And and being able to like just like this kind of relationship like like I've enjoyed with you guys like yeah. you know, th that's it completely like yeah. when you come in and you go oh okay cool because it, it's it comes down to that kind of like oh I found my tribe or these guys get me yeah so it's, it's it's you know because you feel like you can just be yourself now and mm -hmm. and you just feel like you can throw stuff out there if you feel like your ideas could be valid in the room then that that's that's such a huge you're not going to hold anything back then. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Christopher's second question. What was your least favorite performance you've given? Why? If given another go at it, what would you do differently? Um, so I don't want to like name names. So I'm going to modify this question just okay. a little bit. <laughs> Thinking about yeah. your least favorite performances, what could have been done to correct that? I think it harks back to like what we talked about before. It's still. I think when you feel cornered and, yeah. and, mm -hmm. and you feel like uh, – People are kind of putting a gun to your head, and you see people just going, "We got to get this done. We got to get this done. We got to right. get this done." Mm -hmm. And if you get caught up in that energy, um, it puts you on edge. Yeah. And so, you like what we were saying before, you don't really feel like when people are in that kind of mindset that if you have an idea about anything or anything, that that that's going to be probably received right. very well. So you just realize, okay, this is a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to come in and just get it done. So, and so you obviously, I mean, you still do the best you can, uh, but so, but sometimes um, you might be doing it a certain way, and you know from your experience from doing it on other, you know, for other companies that yeah. what you're doing could be a lot better, mm -hmm. right? You know, if if they would just give you the opportunity to just go, guys, you know what, I've I've done the just let me try what something. I find really works really well is this. But yeah. if you feel like everybody's just kind of go, okay, let's just do this, blah blah blah, get it done, and everybody seems like really uptight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that just destroys everything. It's like on, on our side of the things. Um, I've I've found, as I've gotten on in my career, that making time for failure is key. Like putting into the schedule, like it's going to take me five days to do all this stuff, and I'm going to add a sixth day so I can like mess up. Right. And it gives you that experimentation toss time of like mm -hmm. I don't have to hit a hundred percent of everything. I'll like so when you have an actor in schedule time, we like okay, we're going to try some stuff out. You know, we need, we've got an hour and a half worth of lines. We're going to book two hours. So we've got a half an hour to like mess around and try some stuff. Like, and, and the, and on the it doesn't have to be first take every one. Exactly. And, it, you know, on the opposite side of that, there's been sessions where it's, it can actually be even worse. It's where everybody just wants to go with the whole group just wants to go line for line. And then they want to discuss each line, <laughs> and yeah. you're and you're sitting there. And meanwhile, your energy is starting to wane. Right, right. And that the, that's that's huge trouble. Like yeah. if your performer is in the studio and their energy level is dropping, 
you're in big trouble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because because to try and pull that performer back up again, if you if you keep like a staccato sh- session where you, every, every line is like, oh, what do you think? Oh, I think we should try it. You know, let's, um, you know what? Let's let's get um, th- yeah, let's get three. When you've got people who can't make decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know when you you've got too many people, and sometimes it helps, and it's nobody's fault really. That's just a cooks in the kitchen. Thing yeah, there's just the too time. many, and 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 um and when people start bogging a session down like that, mm-hmm. rather than first off like what you guys were talking, that know that if you've got a pro in the room who's been doing it for a while, that they're making sound choices for you, yeah. and that that they can easily shift. Like if if something's not quite working or whatever, you can just give them succinct direction and just say no you know what how about brightening up just a little bit and just yeah. and just we need them just a little bit faster because they get to fit into the game it's like okay great and then we know what to do whereas sometimes like i say like it's it's horrible when yeah. you're waiting for people to get move well, on to the next I remember- there's the thing some people just like you have to resign yourself to not having to have input on everything <laughs> you know if yeah. nothing's coming to mind Shut your mouth. I know because sometimes, and I hate to say it, and I don't mean to, but but sometimes, like in our mind, it's like it's like okay, somebody's protecting their butt. They're getting every yeah. which which way, yeah. so the, the, there's no possible way they didn't get the take that they that they needed because they, because they're just so scared that they didn't get everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, why didn't you get it that way? So they make sure that you do it fifty million different yeah. ways to make sure that they're covered, and then move on to the next line. Yeah, yeah. I remember when. Uh, when we were doing Shank, Shank Two, yeah, and you were doing one of the one of the big burly dudes in, in <laughs> Shank Two, and we gave you direction of like this is what the character is like, this is what it, and you did it perfectly to the T, and then we got it back and we implemented it in the game and went, this is so wrong, <laughs> this is the wrongest thing, and you did exactly what we said. It was like it wasn't your fault at all. We were like, "This is the worst direction ever," because this is not what this character right. is. Yeah. And then when we did pickups, we went, "Okay, sorry, uh, we have to redo this entire character because we said the wrong thing. He's actually this." But you know what? So and you cool? went, oh, "Okay, yeah," and did that. Yeah, and that that is so cool that you guys did that though, because because some of the things that that um, us as voice actors. Um, get really frustrated with is that if people will direct you a certain way and they'll, and we'll do exactly like what you just said, mm-hmm. and then they'll think the 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 kind of blame falls back to the actor is kind of like oh well uh, we want to go a different direction now so they go to somebody else and they don't realize that that's what we do for a living yeah we yeah. do different characters all the time so you can come back to me and it's like it's like one of those things and it's nothing worse than when you do something and you find out you got cut right and you go I could have done that if they'd asked me to do that I could have given them right, that right 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 there's like yeah. Yeah. So that was cool that you came back. So I wanted to say kudos to you for coming back <laughs> because sometimes people forget that we're voice actors. That's yeah. what we do. And we, we mm-hmm. you know, we change our voices. We can do what you want. Yeah. Just tell us what you want. Something I've been realizing uh, just the, with the last round of casting calls I've done where I have been thrown out casting calls to more professional people is that all the, all the pros are like, let me know if you want me to try something different. Yeah. Whereas I think a lot of new people, they're just like, this is what I have. Yeah. And they're either not open or not aware that we are open to listening to another take. Mm-hmm. You, you, you don't just get one audition. You can, you yeah. can do what you can do a do over. Well, I, I think a lot of times, you know, it's people, people that are new and you can't blame them to a certain extent, but, but I mean, they're so first off really just Jones to get the gig. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they really yeah, want to yeah. get the gig bad. 
And so, so I always say to him, it's like, you can't do the, you know, dance monkey dance routine when you go in there, because I said, you know, it kind of puts you guys on edge too. When you see somebody kind of like, what, you just tell me what you want. And, and, and you're kind of like, whoa, okay. Wow. This is like a little, too, <laughs> it's kind of unsettling for everybody when somebody's like, that. but, but, but rather than just going in and being confident and, yeah. and feeling like they can actually work one-on-one with you guys, a lot of times I think they just kind of like when they see you, like, like you guys are like the, like, you know, from Mount Olympus and the gods have come down to go, you may work for us, Dion <laughs> Hector. <laughs> Two hours because that's all we can afford. Exactly. And so they're so desperate to, to make you guys happy that, that they think that um, – they they would it wouldn't even occur to them that maybe you may be open to that like working one on one right like they they're just like literally looking to be told what to do mm-hmm. and it's kind of like okay so what do you want me to do it's like just tell me what to do I'll do it you know and they're waiting and you're like going wow and I, and and I, and I know that because I have been on the other side of the glass directing too and I know what that looks like and mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like. I don't know if I can work with that. That's just, <laughs> you know, right? Yeah, it's right. because it, the impression that you guys are getting is is somebody who's almost ready to claw the door down to get out of there because yeah. it just makes everybody uncomfortable. Yeah, because <laughs> they're just so, like uh, semi-related question. Yes, sir. Uh, what advice for people that don't have voice directors? AAA, bigger stuff. It's you know quite common that there's a voice right. director right. who's directing the session. A lot of indie people. Don't don't have that kind of money, right? Um, we don't ever here at Clay. I think we do a, a not bad job of it. You can let us know. <laughs> no, you don't. You what what are some tips of people who like their sound guy and just their game designer, whoever are like? It's a really good question session. again. And you know what? And, and, it, and it's interesting because a lot of times they don't realize that if you hire somebody who has a lot of experience, like a voice actor who's got a lot of experience, yeah. Um, the great thing is, is because they have a lot of experience, they kind of self-direct. Mm-hmm. So, so, and they yeah. know the key questions to ask, and and they can kind of feed you, feel you out too. In the sense where, when you're saying something to them, they're kind of like, oh, so you think, and they can give you choices. Yeah, and like what you said, sometimes you know we won't know until you hear it. Whereas a pro will be able to throw stuff at you and say, what about this? What about this? And they'll be, yeah. they won't be unnerved by that at all. Yeah. The other thing is too is they don't realize too, but. Hiring a pro is going to save you a lot of money. Yeah. Even though the money you you'll end up like you it's may look at the it, hour. You go, you go yeah. You look at it. Go oh well, that's a lot of money. I probably can get this guy for twenty five bucks an hour. To come yeah, but in. guess what? <laughs> but the thing is, he's gonna he may take twelve hours to yeah. do what this guy can do in an hour. Well, he totally. may never do or, it. Or never do it, yes. <laughs> it's more but likely he'll never do it. Never do it, yeah. I remember our last sessions for uh, Central Character in yeah. Invisible Ink. Um, Venus Nude did the, the voice for that. Cool. And it was the first time working with her. Yeah. She was amazing. But I I was compiling scripts, and I was like, okay, we need more lines. And I was like, "There's we've got her for two hours. Like, this is not enough. She's just going to rip through this. We need more lines. It was like desperately getting everybody to write more and more lines. <laughs> and then I was like... Oh my God, we've got way too much stuff. There's no way she can do this. This is way too much stuff. And then she ripped through it in an yeah. hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay, we've got a real pro here. And that's the that's the difference. Is is like go with the pro. I might have mentioned it last month too, but when we had Jackie Samuda in. Oh yeah, she's awesome. And for like a full page of dialogue, oh, yeah. we just... had her for an hour. And and this, I, I, kudos to the the game dev guy. He'd never done a voiceover session before. Um, he used to work at Clay actually, yeah. but, uh, he was, we, she did a read, like a practice read. Yeah. Usually, usually we do like a full page and then do paragraph by paragraph. She just did the full page 
And we were like, we have nothing to say. I guess do it again. <laughs> so we did like three or four full page reads. And I was like, the other guy's Gord too. I was like, Gord, are you good? He's like, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> so see ya. I know. <laughs> 15 minutes. I know. It took 15 minutes. Yeah. We'd, I didn't know what to do for the rest of the hour. It was insane. <laughs> it was crazy. It's it's true. It's like if you if you hire somebody who's a veteran, yeah. they'll come in, they'll look at the material that they got, and the wonderful thing about that is they'll probably come up with ideas for you. Yeah. If yeah. you don't have anything like like in stone that you want, but mm-hmm. if you do have something in stone, if you give them some references or tell them yeah. what you're thinking of, or sometimes we might ask the question saying, "Okay, if you're going to cast." Like a, one of the A-list actors, you know, for live action. Like if mm-hmm. you were in a cast, like, who would you cast? Right. And that helps a lot sometimes too because if you say, well, I'd cast, you know, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> you will you will end up spending a lot less money. You'll get an awesome product mm-hmm. and you'll be done in in, in a, like a, a sheer fraction of the amount of time that you thought you were going to be done. Yeah. Because it's amazing because if you've worked with um, – People who don't have that kind of experience, you, you, you have a different interpretation of how long it takes yeah, to get through stuff. Totally. And then when, when a pro comes in, it's just like, holy crap. Oh, we're finished. <laughs> we're done. Yeah. And yeah. we got lots of awesome stuff. And we got takes of, you know, directions that we didn't even think to get in the beginning. And we can, you know, yeah. got choices now. One of, the, um, one of the pieces of advice I've heard from multiple actors um, is um, don't read your lines to your actors when you're the like. Don't read them. Yeah. It should be like blah 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 blah. Like, don't read it to them because they're going to give you exactly what you said That's back, right. yeah. and what you're saying might not actually be what you want. That's true because in your head it's different, and yeah. and then that you should give them something similar. Like, this is a you know, it's like, hey, there's a light bulb out. And you go like, hey, I see something over there. Like, you give the intonation with a different line so that they can still act the actual line and yeah yeah and you know the other thing is to is is like um for for direction for example um what really helps sometimes is if you give an actor a given scenario Mm -hmm. if if you came up and say think like this is so and so so and so so and so and if they were doing such and such and such a thing your reaction would be and just and prose it that way yeah that helps um because Having creative minds, you think in pictures, you know. So, so if you yeah. can see the scenario in your head and you go picture, like a guy walks in, says so and so, so and so, so and so, but you're not particularly happy about it. You've had a bad day, blah, blah, blah. how would you respond to that? And then, boom, it's right there for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That 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 kind of direction really helps a lot. Cool. All right, last question. Okay. Oh, so a- advice for voice actors was from uh, Jay Fernandez. Um, uh, so last question is a technical one. I've got a lot to say about this. <laughs> uh, it's from uh, Topher. Topher Perkle. There, good, because I was just about to murder his last name. <laughs> Gord got it. He, was, was right um, he said, uh, I've summed it up too. Mic choices. Uh, should you go with industry standards or tailor to your voice talent? Let's hear yours. I'm interested in Um I think a lot of the industry, big air quotes, industry standards are standards for not necessarily the right reasons of good voiceover recording. They come from Hollywood and they come from um, doing ADR ADR and stuff. So it's not actually what's right for voiceover. Um, I am one who thinks too much about voice picking. Um, Coming from a music background, I just wants to buy more mics. That too. Uh, Coming from a music background, when we would do vocals, we would do a mic shootout and put up like five, six microphones and find which one was right for the song and right for the singer. 
and then be like, okay, I now we do that. that. Um, so I approach voiceover the same way, where yeah. I think about what what might goes well with this voice, right? And what goes well with this game? Like, what am I trying to like say about this game with my mic choice? Which is way too much thought put into it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a little thing that if you are putting that much thought, I think, into things, the whole thing is going to come together more. And you're never going to realize, like, oh, this sounds a certain way because you picked an SM7 over a U87. You know, but it's like, well, I want this to be slightly duller and more round, so I'm going to pick a dynamic mic because that's the world that this is sort of coming from. It's I, coming I from a 60s world. Because, I, I, because I'm not technically trained like you guys. Yeah. But I remember one of the pieces of advice that was given to me when I was setting up my home studio was, hey, man, just go with whatever sounds good. He said, yeah. He yeah. Said, For all you know, with your voice, he said it could be a $50, you know, $50 $100 mic could make you sound, you know, amazing. You wouldn't yeah. have to drop like you know, three or four or five grand <laughs> on a mic. And and it's true. I mean, I, the, the, I think um, I, I played around with the Audio-Technica. I had an AT3035 that, uh, that mm -hmm. actually sounded pretty good. Yeah. But actually, it was, it was amazing. The Apex 460 came out, which is kind of like a Neumann knockoff. Mm -hmm. And some people had a hit and miss experiences with those yeah. mics. Um, but I had that mic for you, and I still have it now. It sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, I now have a U87 because when, when I was doing some stuff um, for another studio, um, I asked if I could record it from home, and they said, what's your gear? And blah, blah, blah. I gave them a list, and they said, get a U87, and you're in business. So I said, okay. So yeah. I did. But um, And now that's what I, I use. And yeah. what I do love about the U87 is that I don't have to work it as hard. Mm -hmm. I, right. I find that it makes my job as, as, as a voice actor really easy. And I just lucked out that my voice actually suits that mic quite well. Yeah. Um, and I can, But I completely agree with what you guys are saying. I, I, I think it's, it's this. It's like whatever sounds good. Like, yeah, and, I think and, if you're can... setting up, like in your case, you're setting up a home studio that you're going to do your voiceover work from, mm -hmm. you pick whatever sounds best for your voice. And maybe that's a U87, maybe that's a TLM-103, maybe it's an SM7, maybe it's a 58, maybe it's... You maybe know... it's a 2035 for everything you do. Because mm. that's, that's all I have. Um, <laughs> I but mean... I'm in a position where I'm like, I've got a larger mic, I've been at this a while, I've got a larger mic collection, I've got enough mics that I can start to experiment and try different things for different projects and stuff. So I can mix it up. I know the, the Sennheiser, uh, the shotgun mics, I've seen a lot of those. The um, 416s? I, uh, yeah. I think those yeah, are the, that's, the, that's, the, that's, the, that's the industry standard. See, that's the industry standard ADR mic that I think that yeah. I've heard from a lot of people, oh, I should get this for voiceover. And I'm like, no, you shouldn't. It can also depend on what the viewpoint of the game is. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if, if the viewpoint of the game is cinematic and it's shot like a movie, Yep. Then a 416 might be a really good choice right? because it's going to sound more like a movie. Totally. Maybe that's the thing. That. That's The that's 416 is like the sound of a movie. Yeah. If you're you right. Want that, it's I won't want to use it for a game because I think just dynamic-wise, yeah. if you're going to be using different pressures and sound, you know, different volumes and different ranges, I think you're going to be all, kind of all on the map with your performance, you know, from like a horde coming over the mountainside <laughs> yeah. to, to like tough guy. It's, it's, it's like you need something that's going to be able to work with all that coming at it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think you'd be limited. Unless with you're this. hiring a boom up to stand in your studio with you to adjust the <laughs> distance as you're shouting. Which might be interesting. <laughs> I swing back and forth with this tendency to get really deep into thought of something that is sort of the stuff that nobody hears to swinging back to the other way of like just whatever. Like yeah. nobody can tell that that 
you know, that I thought that when I made it. So just make the stuff. I've swung back to the thinking too much about stuff. And mm-hmm. part of what's made me do that is Mad Max. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the everything in that movie has a backstory and like it comes out in ways that that is a rich living world. So I think the more like little thoughts you put into every little bit sort of seeps out into everything. I agree with that. Anyways, All right. We're out I of think time. That's, uh, Is that it? That's yeah. time. So thank you very much for coming out. You guys awesome are awesome. Thanks, thanks yeah, for having me man. Thanks for coming in. No, I really enjoyed it a lot. Thank you. It was, it was fun. Hanging. I want to come back again and just bore your listeners to death by being we, this we, guest. We, that, we take it. The we made Dobson that. guy keeps roaming into the studio. <laughs> we can't stop anymore. him. He just shows up. I <laughs> <laughs> don't even tell him when it's going on. And he's I just, just love <laughs> it here. I don't want to leave.